Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. day just before sunset you're all having a nice meal of fried chicken from sherry and ross as you explain to them and father dowdy what they're actually here for and that start giving them the instructions for the ritual uh i am wearing a cloak unless they are not bothered by me (laughs) (laughs) uh nothing you've seen suggests they would be bothered by you that like when when they turn up and you're told, okay, we're doing a big magic ritual that will last till midnight. They just don't even blink. They're just like, okay. You got to understand everyone in this part of the country grew up reading Stephen King, so. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, are you going to give them any extra instructions to help prepare them for this? Because, I mean, obviously they're accepting it, but. Yeah, we're going to tell you, uh, you know, exactly what you want to say and where you want to stand. No matter what else happens in the room, don't stop. And don't deviate, because that could make some bad things happen. There's probably going to be some fighting around us, but they're going to do everything they can to keep it away from you. And truth be told, the thing that is coming is probably only interested in somebody who's not going to be in the circle, so hopefully it'll leave us alone. Seems pretty straightforward. (laughs) Yeah, standard summoning circle. (laughs) I I do whisper in Liam's ear, I think it's going to be interested in this particular ritual. Oh yeah, that's fair. But, you know, no reason to frighten the, the guests here. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, and the other thing, this is yeah. very important. If you notice before we start that something's wrong with the circle, or if you drop something or you smudge something, for God's sake, make sure you let us know. Okay, so you start the ritual. Um, you very carefully uncover the circle, make sure it's all perfectly okay, and everyone starts... Uh, I'm seeing, like, lots of printouts with people's, like, what to say and what to do, so everyone's got, like, that that they're working from. Um, and, uh, yeah, everyone gets started. Um, like, your guests are, are a little unsure at first, but once they get into the swing of it, it's okay. The circle, as uh, recreated by, uh, by Nigel, uh, included any kind of wards to keep other things out. No, it does not. I kind of want to have a, a, a put a, a ward on the on the room, at least on the door. Okay, I don't t- want to mess with the circle itself in any way. I'm not adding or subtracting to it, but yeah, on on the door and wind and windows if there are any. There is a window here. Yeah, uh, what okay. would you like to ward the room from? Something that, uh, of a nature like uh, similar to Onyx, but excluding Onyx themselves. 
Okay, yep. So to keep Ingisa and Yuka out. Yes. Cool. Make me a use magic roll. That's a nine. So that's the bar or place or, or portal. Yeah. So you get to choose what glitch you would like. I will say I think the um, short duration makes a certain amount of sense because you are barring the place to a god, so it might not last that long anyway. Yeah, okay. So it'll keep it out for a little while. So that's one thing less to worry about. Okay, so the ritual goes on. And for the first couple of hours, you know, everyone does their part. It actually gets a bit boring because, you know, you're chanting things, watching, and nothing's happening, right, that you can feel. Although those of you who are a bit more attuned to magical things, as time passes, you do feel a gathering power um, around you, uh, kind of like a static in the air sort of thing. When you're about halfway through, you get your first interruption. EK, you hear something in the house outside, like you hear a, a door bang open, possibly forced, and something moving around. I pick up the sword. And... Not like drawing it, just carrying it, I assume. Yeah, I, like, I, I take it out of the box. Yep. And then I I peek through the doorway, just, like, see if there's anything coming down. Roll, read a bad situation. That's a Ooh. four. <laughs> Experience time. I see it nothing. Is. No, no, no. On the converse, you do see something. <laughs> oh. You know that lizard guy who Chloe saw ages? It turns out they're really fast, and by the time you've opened the door, it's right in your face. And it oh. jumps you and stabs you. Can you take two harm as it knifes you, please? Does it pierce armor? No, no, it's just a regular knife. Then get out of my face. Doesn't even phase me. Yeah, so basically you open the door, you look, and this thing stabs you. What do you do? I'm going to look at it and show, like, I am unfazed by them trying to stab me. Essentially say what the move is. Like, oh, sorry, was I supposed to feel that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then I okay. just, like it away <laughs> and then close the door <laughs> okay uh, can you make me an act under pressure roll to get the door to get it out of the way and close the door quickly enough that's a seven so it manages to grab the edge of your cloak as you kick it out the door and so it gets your cloak stuck in the door when you close it so it's outside but you're now jammed in the doorway uh you can hear it start trying to rattle to open the door again but i assume you're locking do you want me to fix that for you no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. Okay, it's, it's all, all right. Good. It's all good. Your choice. So, banging on the door. It's, after a few minutes, it stops. It's just that little lizard, it's, sta- like, I assume, like, the knife is still, like, in me. It stabbed <laughs> me. Didn't hurt, but it stabbed me. Uh, a couple more minutes pass, and then um, the window is smashed as a rock is hurled through it, and the lizard scrambles in there. As it tries to, like, come through, I'm literally going to baseball swing my hammer and try to just knock it right back out. Cool. Roll, kick some ass. A 13. <laughs> that's pretty good. How much harm does that ha- hammer do? Um, that's going to be a base of three harm, but I'm going, my extra effects is going to do terrible harm, so four. Uh, yeah, so you, you smack it out the window with a screech, and you hear it land somewhere quite a long way away in the garden. Mm. Um, another one pops its head in. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh, they're like cockroaches. Just in time to see its friend fly past. It kind of <laughs> turns and looks. Uh, and then it kind of leaps in onto the windowsill with its own knife, ready to fight. You have a very important choice in front of you, seeing as we've kicked two of your friends' asses so far. You can either come in here and get your ass kicked as well, or go on about your business. Uh, make me a manipulate roll. 
An eight. It hisses at you and backs out of the room. Is the other lizard still, like, jingling at the door? No, it stopped. I think I'm going to just take off my cloak. Just leave it in the door. (laughs) More time passes as you continue the ritual. Chloe, as I feel like you're the one who's leading the ritual now, can you please give me an act under pressure? This is to just represent, like, catching one of the people who might not know so well what they're doing before they make a small mistake. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of representing that you're keeping everything going properly. Oh, that's a 13. Yeah, okay, yeah, so you're you're staying on top of it, and I think uh, there's, you know, a couple of moments where people seem a little unsure, and you're just ready in time to prompt them and make sure everything goes smoothly. We reach the point where it's getting close to midnight and the end of the ritual, and everything is coming to a head, and that feeling of gathering power has grown immensely strong, and outside, a glow approaches towards that broken window that the lizard smashed, and you see that kind of heat-hazy effect of... Ingisa Anyaka approaching you. Now it gets to the window and there's like, you can feel the heat coming in, but it stops at the window where the warding is. And you just feel this hostile presence. And you can all tell it, it's just trying to push its way through and get to you to stop this happening. And in fact, you're also feeling that the ritual you're doing is kind of pulling it in as well because you are trying to send it back. So it's not just it's coming to try and stop you, but you're also magically pulling it towards you. Uh, EK, would you like to do anything yet, or are you going to wait until this warding breaks? I think I'm going to just step in front of Onyx. So once it comes through the window, it's either its choices are me or the ritual. The sword's like, is it time yet? Is it time? Come on, come on. Is it time? (laughs) Patience, patience. Uh, it's just like just getting ready to stab. So you've 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 picked up the sword. You're holding it ready for fighting. Yeah. Okay. I think this is the point where you feel like yes, that that mark of the apocalypse has happened. Now you've <sighs> you've accepted that you're gonna wield the sword. I will give you some quick mechanical things for it. Oh hey. The sword does four harm to normal things and eight harm to gods. Oh. Heck yeah. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, you you know the downside of, of that, right? Uh, yeah. So excited to go down in one hit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pressing against the warding, and Chloe, you can feel your warding beginning to crumble on the window. Now, someone else could refresh the warding and try and keep it out longer. Someone not taking part in the ritual. Does it need to be able to come in for the ritual to take effect, or...? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I'll do it. Make me a use magic. Seven. It's all right. Do you want to take that same glitch of, of that it will only last a little while or something different? Um, I think, yes, I, I'll take the short duration one. Okay. It pushes it out for a bit longer and you kind of feel the sense of it, it going back. Back in the ritual, everyone's kind of reaching the final crescendo of, of um, things you're supposed to say and movements you're supposed to do. You're almost there when finally the second warding gives way and the being enters the room. And it's not so much like a person coming in. It's like just suddenly the room is filled with heat and the heat haze and like the presence of this immense power. Stay on target. EK and Onyx, you feel like it's trying to push through to the ritual circle. It doesn't seem bothered by Onyx in particular right at the moment. If it tries to like mess up the circle or like attack like one of the one of the people that are 
doing the ritual. I'm a I'm a hit it with the sword. I smack the shit out of it. Okay. Uh, well, do you want to designate one of you to roll kick ass and the other to help? I'll roll kick I'll ass. Help you, yeah, yeah because <laughs> I'm gonna lose my nine and get a plus two, which makes it yeah. a eleven. Eleven automatically. Awesome. UK says they weren't meditating, but they were just imagining the moment where they would have to strike with this sword the whole time. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I think I am going to force. You, you with my additional effect i'm gonna force them where i want them okay and where is that just like away from them and just put myself in between them in the circle and like when the sword strikes there's like a blast of of white light um and you the sword has an immense feeling of satisfaction um, and at the same time, Onyx, you're walloping it with your hammer, I presume. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so yeah, so you definitely get a feeling that you've hit uh, this creature and, and done some damage, and it's kind of smashed back outside. And it does harm to you too, of course, so... Oh, no. How much harm? <laughs> Not of course. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that side as well. Uh, can you each take uh, three damage from uh, flame and heat? Is that is that armor piercing? Oh, your armor's your natural toughness, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll that apply. If it was like a bulletproof vest, I don't think it would save you from this heat. Mine is divine armor. Does that have any... Yeah, that works. Yep. Okay. All cool. right, cool. Awesome. One arm. I'll take two. <laughs> so are you going to chase it outside, or are you going to stay and protect the circle? I think I'm going to protect, because it, it only really like has like one way to come in. Yeah. And either way, it's still got to come through me and onyx okay so takes a few minutes to obviously regroup and then like comes in like a freight train just charging straight at you to try and go through you so this will be another kick ass but this time it's uh hitting you a bit harder all right this one i have to roll uh and onyx uh if you would like to help go for it yeah i will uh i got an eight that's a nine exchange um both take four harm from being slammed into <laughs> by this god. Jesus Christ. God. All right. Hi, unstable. <laughs> As I hit it again, it's like, look, all you are is nothing but hot air. And I'm going to use that to uh, yep. be my move of why so serious. And the yeah, team yeah. gets a plus one forward to whoever get, does the next roll. Cool. Uh, I was going to say, does one of you doing the ritual want to do me a use magic roll to represent finishing the ritual off successfully with that plus one? If it's a full success, you're going to succeed. If it's a partial, I think, then Indisa Anyaka is going to have time to do something else. So if you get a full success, the banishment will take place and everything will be good. Who wants to roll? I think I have the better roll of us. Yeah, and Liam is able to help with this ritual, but I traded in use magic for uh, trust your gut, so absolutely, oh, yes. Chloe. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. You can still help, though, if you want. So yeah, yeah. I shall use magic. 13. Oh, perfect. With uh, the final um, ritual elements and, and things you have to say, you bring it to a close. EK and Onyx, you're, like, preparing to fight further, and suddenly there's, like, this pressure disappears and Ngisa Anyuka is not there anymore. The whole sense of power gathering just poof, is gone. And there's like, just quiet. 
And then one of those lizard guys pops its head over the corner of the window, looks around, and then runs away. (laughs) (laughs) Good choice. I look at EK immediately. Do they seem fine right now? (laughs) So I just felt like another thing has progressed the prophecy further, or the apocalypse further. It's just like, all right, nothing else seems weird so far. Okay. And then I think EK is just going to put the sword back into the box for now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just be like, is anyone hungry? (laughs) There's still some chicken left. I'm starving. Uh, Does the sword say anything to you? Oh, it's a shame we didn't get to finish that off. But then it Mm. just kind of goes passive again. Okay. So, yeah. So the aftermath, uh, the people you invited over are like, oh, that was an interesting evening. Don't see that every day. (laughs) Yeah. And they're off. (laughs) Oh, uh, I need to give them the, f- the debrief forms. <laughs> oh, yes. Here, fill these. <laughs> okay, did you conclude the current mystery? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes, yeah. we did. Uh, did you save someone from certain death or worse? Yes, we saved uh, Onyx. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, did you learn something new and important about the world? Uh, uh, yeah, yes. there's two factions. Two. <laughs> <laughs> And did you learn something new and important about any of the hunters? There's a, a doom prophecy that's, that's being actuated as we speak. I think, too, like, on a personal level about the hunters, we learned that EK actually might be more concerned about their destiny than they let on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We learned about uh, Liam's uh, friends in town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So uh, two two experience marks each. Did anybody level up from those experience points? Yes. I think that being exposed to like all of these magic rituals in in my kind of ghostly form, for my level up, I would take uh, my second move from another playbook, uh, and I would take from the expert Dark Past. Uh, when you trawl through your memories for something relevant to the case at hand, roll plus weird, uh, and then a list of questions on a fail, you were responsible for helping create the thing. And so <laughs> I just imagine this as like constantly absorbing some of the old information and like the spirits and stuff from this house right. that now I'm just becoming one with and learning about the house unintentionally. Oh, yep. nice. I would take, I gain an ally an alley team of monster hunters under my command. And that is the chicken people. Oh! <laughs> that is... Very sweet. Not just uh, restauranters, huh? Well, they're, you're their best customer, right? I'm their best customer, yeah. So, how badly did we uh, <clears throat> mismanage the things from the, the, the order's perspective? What I had in mind was going on is that there was one faction in the Order that wanted the god to be unleashed, and another faction that was trying to interfere with that. Um, so that, so I think you, you figured that out, yeah. No, there wasn't more going on. There was just two factions at odds about that. So, uh, which one's the one that gives the uh, the performance reviews? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Ah, it turns out it's the ones who you foiled their plan. Ah, uh, unfortunate. So, yeah. so yeah, you're you're you get some quite bad feedback about this operation. <laughs> and I guess the the other thing we could do is think about which which room would you like to explore the house and find next. Um, 
and kind of do 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 that as a last little thing. Uh, your options are the library, the workshop, the magic laboratory, or the cavern. Uh, the magic laboratory. That's yeah. It sounds like we can use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so uh, I'll read you out the uh, piece for the Magic Laboratory. Its effect is, uh, between mysteries, one of the hunters can make some mystical preparations in the laboratory, which means that during the next mystery, you can ignore a requirement for a magic move. Oh, nice. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, we could have done the, this ritual faster. Or with less people or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, less people. Thank you for joining us, Michael, and also for running us through this game. Oh, you're welcome. It was it was a great fun uh, little adventure. <laughs> so I know that there are, you know, we kind of focused on one of the new locations. Um, yeah. What else can you tell us about what is in the Codex of Worlds? Yeah, so we've got a variety of, like, new settings for Monster of the Week, essentially. Um, and the one we just played through, The Strange Old House, is kind of like the most like a regular Monster of the Week game. But as you kind of go through the codex and read through the other settings, you'll see they kind of take you further and further away from what you're used to into different realms. The first one of those is by Merrick, that is Gothic Century, which um, resets Monster of the Week back in the 19th century with a very mm. Gothic flavor to it. So if you want to go up against, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein's monster and Jack the Ripper and mm. all those sorts of things, that that's, that's the setting for you. Um, yeah. And that's got a lot of work taking adjusting playbooks to fit that time period, but also some special features of the way mysteries work in that setting that kind of fit that uh, the setting better. Um, Merrick's got an idea of a haunt, which is kind of like an extended mystery where you won't be able to deal with everything in one go, but there's one source of everything that's happening. Oh, uh-huh. One of the examples in there is an evil corrupted magical factory which is causing all kinds of problems around <laughs> <laughs> after gothic century the next setting which takes you a little bit further away is dreaming with the gods which is uh, another of Merrick's settings it's kind of a renaissance or early modern feel in a fantasy not quite europe um so there's a bit of a swashbuckling kind of thing there's a mm. bit of like a um early mechanical devices and clockwork sort of style. There's also a magic system in there, which is to do with alchemy and dreaming and the collective subconscious. Oh. And in this setting, people messing with that kind of dream alchemy have started bringing back monsters from the past. And they're kind of uh, classical Mediterranean inflected monsters. So you'll see like Chimera and uh, Minotaurs and things mm -hmm. like that in there. Hmm. Um so yeah, so that, again, we've got a whole different sort of feel to the setting, a bit of a swashbuckling kind of adventure kind of setting there, uh, and plus weird psychedelic dream uh, investigations. Yeah. After that, we go even more into a fantasy genre with the Monster Marches, which are a kind of Central European folklore and Witcher-inspired dark fantasy setting where the monster hunters are kind of outcasts from society and caught between uh, different forces of, like, the people living in this place and colonizing and the wild spirits of the, and nature, which is kind of resisting some of that. And the final one is uh, my other setting contribution, Bone Spear, which takes Monster of the Week and sets it back in the Stone Age, where your monster hunters are 
the members of a community who are tasked with dealing with magical and monster problems and keeping everyone else safe. Um, and that one's kind of the biggest change to Monster Week. It's got uh, almost all the playbooks are, are revised for it. Some are new or completely unrecognizable. It's got its own set of basic moves because so many of them mm. are changed. Mm. So that one really kind of shakes things up. Yeah, It's also got a different kind of mystery. Now, we've also included this as a rules module that you can throw into any other Monster Elite game because it is kind of transferable, but it was invented for Bone Spear. And this is Atonement Mysteries. And what they are are mysteries where rather than having to find the weakness of a monster so that you can destroy it, all of the mysteries are caused by a problem that happened. Either someone broke a rule, committed a crime, like annoyed a spirit, mm-hmm. or something like that. And you've got to figure out what that was and somehow make that right to solve uh, the mystery. Okay. So it becomes comes about more about fixing things than killing things. Yeah. <laughs> and after we're done with all the settings, me and Marriott kind of sat down and worked through all the stuff we'd gone through building these. So we've got a chapter of advice on how to do your own. So if you've got your own idea for, for a setting for Monster of the Week, uh, we put down everything that we figured out while we were building all of these, um, yeah. and hopefully that will speed up the process for the rest of you if you're coming <laughs> up with your own custom ideas. And I know that in this book you also have got team playbooks. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, when we started the Codex, Marek suggested a, a book with the new settings in it. But uh, one of the things I've been thinking about after playing Blades in the Dark and Band of Blades and some of those other Fortune in the Dark games is how the idea of a crew playbook would work really well in Monster of the Week. So the team playbooks are the Monster of the Week take on that. So these give your team a team concept, but they also give you some special abilities and assets you can use and allow you to kind of level up the group as a whole as well Mm. as your individual hunter. And we've tried to give you a really big variety of of team concepts to use. So it starts with things that are going to be pretty easy to recognize, like the Chosen One and Entourage, or the Always on the Road Hunter group. Um, But then we've got ones that kind of take you further afield from what you might be used to, such as Imps, the International Monster and Paranormal Service, who are like an international elite... um, teams of people who travel all around the world dealing with problems for uh, some kind of global organization. Mm-hmm. There is the League of Double Lives, where you are like superhero-style monster hunters who have famous cover identity and a secret monster hunting life in the shadows. Oh, cool. <laughs> We've got the Night Shift, where you are a group of workers at some late-night shift-based operation where strange things happen. Uh, and then... <laughs> Going even further, we get to things like the Interdimensional Crisis Team, which um, allows you to jump between different universes and worlds um, and is kind of in there so you can combine the uh, different settings in here and your own as you wish. Or something like the Wild Hunt Fugitives, which is a very specific one. You're people who were captured and made to be part of the the fairy Wild Hunt, but you've now escaped and they're after you. (laughs) Oh, wow. So I think throughout all of those and the other ones that are in there, everyone should find something pretty pretty neat that they can uh, get get behind. Yeah, I'm excited to get a hold of this eventually and and maybe incorporate some of this into the the final season of our show. Um, but I also actually just the other day pre-ordered my copy of the hardback like 
compendium of Monster of the Week. Can you tell us a little bit about what all is in this new hardback version of of Monster of the Week? Yeah, um, so we decided to when the need came up for a new reprint that to make it a hardcover, so it matches all the other lovely hardcovers that Evil Hat Productions put out. So we've got some lovely new cover art from Wainakoa um, and a few more pieces inside. And what we've done, I mean, it's essentially the same rule book you already have if you've got the soft cover one. We have included a few things that we thought would be handy to keep be part of the main rule book, specifically the phenomenon mystery rules the alternate weird moves mm-hmm. and the flexible investigation rules that were in Tome of Mysteries, just because yeah. they're, they're essentially part of the core rules these days. Mm-hmm. So we thought they, they belong in there. And we've also put two new playbooks that were previously only available uh, direct from me, the Snoop and the Spooktacular. And the reason we've chosen to do it this way is we didn't really want people who already own the soft cover to feel like they absolutely had to buy the new book because it's it is essentially a reprint. But we also wanted to put some new things in so that people who do get the new book have something a little extra. So yeah. we thought putting some things in that were already available but handy to have in there is, is a good way to deal with that. All right. Well, once again, Michael, thank you so much for taking us through the Codex of Worlds. And if you are looking for more information about this, you can go to evilhat.com for both the Codex of Worlds and for the hardback version of Monster of the Week. The Codex of Worlds is a 400-plus page hardcover expansion for Monster of the Week featuring 13 new team playbooks to help your party work together, plus five new settings to take your supernatural monster hunting adventures to entirely new worlds and time periods. The crowdfunding campaign is live now on Backerkit, and to learn more, you can go to evilhat.com. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to the Strata. There's two of them following me. I know that for sure. Hand over the package and we'll let you go. You'll let me go? Oh, that's cute. The first bullet hits me in the chest, sends me staggering back a step. All right, you assholes. Let's go! Move it! Yeah, run! That's it! And spread the word! Don't mess with rust! Ever! Anyone who tries is gonna... Oh, forget it. The Strata. In a dystopian city, an aging courier is forced to go into business with an underworld ganglord in order to pay for the treatment that keeps him alive. Check out The Strata anywhere you listen to podcasts.